All right. You ready? All right. <laughs> <laughs> What's up? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> oh, this is how the episode's going to go. Oh, my God. I love it. <laughs> this episode is brought to you by Anchor. If you haven't heard of Anchor, it is the easiest way to make a podcast. Like anybody can do it. It is everything you need in one place. Let me explain. Anchor has tools that allows you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. When you host on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms such as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and so much more. It is everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And best of all, Anchor is totally free. Download the Anchor app today or go to anchor.fm to get started with your own podcast. I'm excited to listen to yours. Now here is mine. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Let's Chat with JBAX with our beautiful guest, Chloe Zomner. What's up, Chloe? Hi guys, thanks for having me, Jess. So excited to have you and would love to tell the listeners how I stumbled upon you. And uh, I remember this very clearly because I moved up to SF in January and I was like, I really want to connect with fit chicks. That's my thought was fit chicks in the SF area. So I search fit hashtag San Francisco, San Francisco location. And your beautiful ass came up. Okay. Good to know. I got to <laughs> start using San Francisco hashtags again. <laughs> and I, I came into your page and was like, okay, let's see what this girl's about. You had a great amount of following and I started watching your stories and your humor made me think of my humor so that made me laugh and I was like all right (laughs) I I like this (laughs) I feel like I I could go deeper in my like story humor I tend to be like very self-deprecating and I try to like reel it in (laughs) on like in like public but Instagram's changing the algorithm is like all over the place so like who the fuck cares anymore <laughs> do you feel yourself loosening up more instagram because the algorithm is so fucking shitty yeah it's funny i was just talking to care about this he's also in san francisco mm-hmm. we should hang out um oh, yeah <laughs> but she was like oh this is really sweet she was like oh i saw one of your reels was like popping off and i was like yeah but somehow i've also managed to lose 800 followers in the last week Mm, yeah it's just like the algorithm makes no sense and the last several months I think a lot of people were like really stressed about it and I feel like ever since Instagram went down last week that was really for me it was almost like a turning point where that eight hours was the best eight hours of my life in a long time (laughs) I was like all right let's just care less and enjoy it more because I started it as a hobby totally fun I had a full-time job like I didn't I never imagined that I would be here now but now it's become more of like a stressor in my life rather than like a fun thing that I used to do. So now I'm kind of like trying to go back to my roots of Instagram and just like be along for the ride. Yeah. And what do you think the stressors come from? Oh my gosh. Just like, I mean, since I've quit my corporate job and do this full time now, it's like, 
income number one because when my followers dip as much as I hate to talk about that because I feel like it sounds so superficial and just shitty but when my followers dip like I'm a personal trainer so that typically means that I get fewer applications for my personal training business and so that's like pretty stressful um but on top of that I'll go through phases where like I see someone else like something really exciting happens to them and I'm like that's amazing for them like good for them they're kicking ass but sometimes there's a small part of me that's like what am I doing wrong like that's not happening to me too and I see everywhere everyone always talks about this comparison is the thief the thief of joy and it's so true and I'm at the point now where I'm like I almost recognize when that's happening like get off Instagram for the day like good for them let's leave it at that get off Instagram for the day like someone else's success is not an indication of like your own failure it's just something awesome happened to them yeah so things awesome things are happening to you too you can't compare it's like apples to oranges so yeah I think that is tough yeah. social media is hard. <laughs> so hard dude we could have a whole podcast over social media being hard this episode we're gonna dive a little deeper life is about experiencing and sharing and Chloe has experienced life through her own lens that I am grateful to be able to hear firsthand. We're going to talk about Chloe's experience with fitness, mental health, self-growth, and wherever the conversation may take us. On social media, Chloe, you are a fitness chick. Dare I say Liddy and Fitty. I wrote that one myself. What did I move my headphones right when you said that? <laughs> <laughs> come on the joke okay once <laughs> no it's okay all right I'm gonna do it again. dare I say Liddy and Fitty <laughs> oh hell yeah let's go <laughs> I'm sorry punchline <laughs> but you are so much more than a fit chick and there's so much more that makes you you and I would love to really take this conversation and talk about mental health and, and your thoughts and your experiences and all of that jazz. Oh God, it all started when I was one year. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go a way little back. later than that, <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I love talking about mental health. I wish more people would talk about it. I feel like all of my friends on social media that I've made through social media are very open about it, but my friends in my personal life aren't as much like they know about my story because they follow me on Instagram, but we never like have conversations about it. Um, so I wish it was, there was more of a dialogue in like everyday life. So I'm excited to chat with you. Yeah, We're like only a couple of miles apart. I feel like even though we're in our own rooms. Yeah, I know. Hey, well, we can get together and use the space to dive Please. deeper. I am here to, I think the coolest thing about my friends that I've met two, three months ago literally just met them and I feel like they know me more than a lot of other people can because the first thing we talk about every time we see each other is our past our traumas things that are happening to us in our day-to-day -day. and we literally get into a room we'll close the door we'll sit in four corners and we will just take our turns sharing and giving each other the space and just can listening I come to that <laughs> Absolutely. You would love them and they would love to give you the space and to allow you to be heard. And oh I think that's God. so important to have. That's amazing. I feel like sometimes, again, because like we're 
it's like our everyday life. Like it's, it's almost like, this is so cool. Like it's cool to share about mental health now on social media. I love that it's becoming normalized, but again, like in the day-to-day, like I was having a conversation with um, one of my really good friends on Sunday about just like something that had happened and like, we'll probably get into it, but like now exes basically. And yeah. I it's just like, it's something that we talked about so much in the last like five years. I know she's like, sick of like hearing of it so I was like I'm just not talking about it but yeah and like I got I got chills in a weird way as in I am someone who's so big on if you want to talk about something and if something's bothering you if you need to talk about it for two full hours or 10 different times a hundred different times five years if that's still weighing on you then it's something that should be talked about I agree part of the issue is that I have like been trying to find a therapist I really Mm -hmm. like and it's just like not happening and it's taken me like it's been a year that I've been looking for a new therapist and I just like haven't found one that I like I've gone through I've had first sessions or like two or three sessions with a few different ones it's it has to click and it hasn't clicked yet um and I don't want to see someone that I'm not like super comfortable with so I'm just gonna keep looking it's almost like dating like I'm like trying to find my (laughs) you're going on a lot of first blind dates met them through an app that literally literally (laughs) well so when it comes to mental health and your mental health and particularly where do you you know where where do you where do you want to start from there I almost feel like I kind of want to like work I want to like start now and then like kind of I almost want to like preface everything by saying I'm good now which is I feel super I guess the term is blessed. I'm not very religious at all, but mm-hmm. like hashtag blessed to like be where I am now. I definitely still get bouts of anxiety, seasonal depression definitely mm-hmm. hits me hard. Like I'm never having a good time over Christmas. I don't know <laughs> what it is. I could be having a ball like two days leading up to Christmas. Is it something about Christmas every day or every year on Christmas day? I'm just like, Mm-mm, fuck this. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but no, I'm doing good now, which I'm really, really thankful for. I think a big part of that was going off the, going off of birth control when I was, in, uh, when I was 27 and like my whole life changed, like my personality changed. I was so much happier and it was just wonderful. Um, I don't want to say that the pill was like the cause of my mental health issues because I definitely had them before I went on the pill. So I went on the pill when I was like, I was in it's either freshman in high school or in middle school. And it was just mm-hmm. purely for um, like the symptoms. I had really heavy periods. I had really like painful periods. And I like really bad cramps. I would miss school. Um, and so my doctor's like, just go on the pill. And I had been on that, say it was Junelle. I'd been on that pill mm-hmm. for literally like 12 or 13 years. Wow, yeah. Um, and it definitely like escalated things I would say so when I went on it I had also like switched schools um in middle school I switched to a private school that my parents had like forced me to go to their intent was good but I was not happy about it um school got a lot harder and I just wasn't like doing very well like I was compared to the vast majority of people is doing very well but my parents had very high expectations which again I know they mean well but uh I am like the fifth of I'm the fifth child basically so my dad I have three older half sisters and he basically was like they pulled everything they tried everything they could like you nothing phases me anymore 
So normally the baby, I'm the baby of the family. Normally mm-hmm. the baby gets away with murder, basically. I it was like the opposite. It was like I was the first child and like they were so sick of everyone's shit that they're just like, nope, been there, done that. You can't like I had no social life. I was either studying or I was playing soccer. Um so and it actually I had this kind of realization a couple of weeks ago I was on vacation with my whole family like I'm on great terms with my family I love them they're good people they mean well I can never talk about I can never talk about this to them because they just mm. it'd be a whole thing yeah. um but they were like yeah we're so thankful that you and I have a an older like biological brother he's three years older than me and we were sitting down at a breakfast table on vacation they're like oh we're so grateful that you and Mick like you never partied, you never went out, like you never just, like you were always really good. And my brother was exactly like that. He was very studious, really hardworking. Um, he's an engineer at Google now, like really smart, good for him, love him. Um, but in my mind, I got really mad. So it's like, it's not that I made those decisions, like you didn't let me leave the house basically. And so yeah. I, we love breakfast. I, my boyfriend Rain was like, why are you in such a bad mood? I'm like, did you hear that? Like, that's so fucking bullshit like what the fuck I was so mad but um that's just kind of like a lens into like my childhood I, I didn't have a lot of freedom mm-hmm. um and I feel like I turned out pretty well considering that <laughs> I never like went crazy it's college like I never went you know I never like went off the rails or anything but I remember the first time I I didn't know at the time that this was like depression, but I've done a lot of reading and I've talked to therapists since then, but I was like eight or nine or 10 and we'd go on family vacations. I was always like, four, I was, I, so I grew up playing soccer, mm-hmm. soccer, soccer, soccer. It was like being in the military. Like every morning I played soccer, every evening I played soccer and then I would study and then I'd go to bed. It was like an hour of soccer in the morning, an hour of soccer in the evening, however much studying I had to do and then I went to sleep. Didn't Very matter insane. what day it was. Yeah. Monday through Sunday, basically. Wow, yeah. Um, and if I'd be practicing soccer, and the only reason I'm sharing this is because my parents don't watch like podcasts or listen to podcasts, so I feel like this is a safe space. I would never say this on my page because they follow me. Um, but if I wasn't like practicing hard enough or if I if they felt like I didn't try hard enough in a game, I it was like the end of the world. I would get screamed at, like I'd get yelled at, and I just was like constantly upset but because my dad like my dad in a previous marriage had other daughters who like also cried mm-hmm. he saw it as like a mini a manipulation tactic but I was like nine and I was crying he's like mm-hmm. you're trying to manipulate me and I was like I'm literally just sad yeah <laughs> so I remember the first time sorry I'm going on tangents but I remember the first time now looking back I recognize what was like childhood depression would be we were on vacation um and I was like, I, I'm going to like run away. And I, I didn't know the time, but like constantly running to like run away is a pretty good indication that like your child's depressed or like has yeah. a lot of anxiety. And I had no idea at the time. So I would like, I would like pack my suitcase. I'd walk down the street and I'd be like, oh my God, I can't do this. Like they'll, like they'll kill me. Like I can't do this. I have to go back. Like, what am I going to, where the fuck am I going? Like I'm nine. <laughs> Um, and so I'd go back and they never had any idea. Like they never knew I ever thought about that. But every time my dad would drive me to soccer practice, I'd be like 10, 11, 12. We'd drive past construction sites. I'm like, could I live there? Like, could I like just leave? And like, I don't know, it'd probably take me a day to walk here from my house and just like live there. Like I didn't know, that, you know. 
So that was the first time I, looking back and I was like, oh, wow, I actually was like, had some mental health issues like a lot earlier than I thought I did. Yeah. Um, when do you think you realized in, in your adult age that, ooh. that, that was actually childhood depression? You were feeling that. That's a really good question. I think it was only like a year or two ago. I'm 29. Mm-hmm. I'm going, I'm going to turn 30 in April. Um, it was only like a year or two ago, year or two ago. I came to a lot of realizations dating um, my boyfriend, who is just like my rock. He's such a good hearted human, just like the best soul. I love him so much. It that kind of that conversation started when he was started to be like asking me more and kind of crying a little bit more when we would get in an argument, I would cry and then, and then I would like shut down. Because anytime that we had this routine growing up, or like if I was in trouble, my parents would like sit me down at the dining room table and then my dad would just like yell at me while my mom was like sitting over there in silence and I would cry and then I would get yelled at for crying, saying either I'm manipulating them or like crying won't get you anywhere in the real world. Like someday you're gonna be a grown up. You can't cry at work. Like people will take mm-hmm. you seriously. And so I grew up thinking that like it's bad to cry. Like it's not okay to cry. You can't cry. It's 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 a sign of weakness. Like it's a sign that you are, don't have your shit together basically. And so whenever my boyfriend and I would get in like arguments because I had also had a bunch of baggage from a previous relationship. And he started to be like, I don't know why you feel like you can't cry. Like, I'm not judging you. I don't think you're manipulating me. And I was like, oh, wait, what? <laughs> and so I learned like two years ago, I was 27. I learned, oh, it's okay to cry in front of people. And I am like, I am a huge crybaby. Like I, I wish I wasn't, but I'm a big crybaby. Um, well, and why do you, do you wish that you weren't because of your past and how you were raised or like, where have you identified now that it's not a, a sign of weakness? It's not a form of weakness. Where does that kind of stem now? Yeah. So I think whenever, well, first of all, I feel very lucky because, so my boyfriend's name is Rain. I feel very lucky that Rain and I, whenever we do have like a disagreement, it never turns into like an argument. It's more of just like a discussion, mm-hmm. which I didn't know was possible. I had a college boyfriend that was very toxic. It was not a good situation, probably for either of us, but um, we would get in fights. I would like scream cry like crying you know like you wake up the next day and you like your eyes are so puffy you can like barely see yeah and I think I it's funny how I talk about like my dad was like oh I don't want to be manipulated don't cry in front of me I don't want other people to see me in like a vulnerable state I think Mm -hmm. and I think that stems from like those dining table, those dining room table, like situations we can call them that I used to get yeah. into. Um, but especially with exes, like I, I think I, I didn't want to come across as ever being too like emotionally invested. And it probably stems from a place of like knowing deep down that like they really didn't really give a shit about me, but I, and I did, and I didn't want to like seem like the one that cared more. Mm-hmm. So that carried that definitely carried into my adult life. But now that I'm with someone that like really understands me to my core, I feel like it doesn't like I cry all the fucking time and he doesn't give a shit. Like it's great. He's like, cry, it's okay. Like let it out. Yeah. I love that. He's amazing. You'll meet him. He's <laughs> he's a gem. I love him so much. And did did he really help you kind of 
bring that out of you or make you feel safe and secure to actually feel? Yeah. And he's the one that really encouraged me to go back to therapy last Mm -hmm. year. Um, so it's funny. I mentioned we were on vacation like a few weeks ago with my family Mm -hmm. and like, you know, I got really annoyed at that comment my parents made, but last year we had a huge blow up actually on our family vacation over a political issue, um, Mm -hmm. in a restaurant. And I was yelled at by my, we have very different political views. I'm the only liberal in my family. Mm -hmm. Um, and my dad said like a, a, an offensive term. And I very politely was like, I think that the correct like wording now in these days is like this. I'm not going to go into it because I don't want to get into like politics necessarily yeah. on your podcast, but um, that didn't bode well. And it was at a very polarizing time because like the election was about mm-hmm. to happen. And my dad just started screaming at me in the middle of this restaurant. And my brother stood up and was like, yeah, Chloe, like shut up all this stuff. And I just like, was immediately brought back to my, I felt like I had suddenly regressed to like my 13 year old self where I just like shut down. I started crying. I had an anxiety attack in the middle of this restaurant. Like whenever I get anxiety attacks, my face, my extremities, like my fingers, my toes, they go numb. Like I can't Mm -hmm. feel them. My heart starts racing, you know, all the classic stuff. So I like leave, I go outside and thankfully it was the last day of the vacation, but, um, we, Rain and I went on, a, he took me on a drive and we went home and sat down and she was like, why did you just like turn into this child? Basically, like I like literally regressed to this like childlike human. It was really wild. Um, and I ended up going and seeing a therapist, like I said, afterwards, and we talked through all of this and she basically was like, you have PTSD. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. It was kind of on like a very low level. Like obviously yeah. there's. Um, you know, um, but yeah, I literally just took myself back to like sitting at a dining room table with my dad being like 13, being screamed at and feeling like the world is ending. And I just like, yeah. as a 20, as 28 at the time, as a 28 year old woman, I like literally like curled up into this like 12 year old, like girl and just freaked out basically. Yeah. <laughs> Which is wild. Um, anyway, so going back to your original question. So Ray and I had a conversation after that. He really encouraged me to go back to therapy where I started realizing that like all of these things I never actually talked about before to a therapist. And she was like, yeah, that's not normal. Like you've had mental health issues since you were young. And it was really, it took me a while to like process, honestly, because mm-hmm. I thought it was all related to the pill. And then I realized it actually wasn't related all to the pill. Yeah. Um, that was like an big- eye-opening experience. It sounds like just an eye-opening from maybe there was like a glaze over your eyes until that happened. Or maybe when like she actually brought up, like it, you have, you've had mental health issues because of maybe X, Y, Z. Yeah. And I don't want to like blame it on my parents. Cause they really mm-hmm. did mean well. Like yeah. they always said, that's, that's the other thing. They're always like, our intent is good. It doesn't matter what we say. Our intent is good. And I wholeheartedly disagree with that. Like, mm-hmm your intent can be good, but if you're saying something that's offensive or affecting someone else, like that matters. Um, and so, well, yes, I do think that they did their best and I love them. I was FaceTiming with them earlier today. Like I have a really good relationship with them now, but I mean, there is a time in high school where I was like, as soon as I graduate from college or from high school and I go to college, like I'm not, I'm not, 
I'm not having a relationship with them. I can't do mm-hmm. this anymore. Um, so I mentioned to you in our little sheet that I just really struggled with severe depression in high school. Mm-hmm. And I did, like, it was really bad. I was on suicide watch twice. Oh, yeah. um, and it started because I, I never, I was never, I don't think, I mean, I'm trying to think back to like 10 years ago. I don't think I would have ever actually like gone through with anything. I did attempt it twice, but it it was more of like a cry for help, which my parents called me out on. They're like, you're just seeking attention, which is not the answer. That's not what you should tell someone who is like clearly struggling. Yeah. Um, and so I did like kind of low key attempt suicide twice in high school. And my parents were just like, you're just seeking attention when I should have been like put in like an institute probably. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so that's something that I really struggle with whenever, like whenever I think of the negative aspects of my relationship with them, I really think about the fact that that was their outlook on it. And it really, I hold a really deeply rooted grudge against Mm -hmm. them that I don't think I'll ever be able to get over but it's also not something that I can talk to them about without ruining our relationship for the rest of my life Mm -hmm. because they don't think they did anything wrong so it's really interesting I'm still coming to terms with that like some days I'm like I have to say something I need to cut off our relationship other days I'm like my dad's in his mid-70s like you know he's super healthy they're like health freaks they're way healthier than I even am they're going to live a long time, knock on wood, but I don't, I don't have more conflict in my life either. So it's really hard to like come to terms with like, what, is there a happy medium? I don't know. Yeah. And I think it's powerful that you still are putting family first, even though you've had all of this history and potential you know, trauma from, from how you were raised. And even if they did mean well, and that was their parenting style, that doesn't mean that it didn't affect you mm-hmm. in, in the way that it did. And when, when you think about your family, when you think about potentially wanting to address some of the traumas that you've experienced with them, do you think that they would just be super close-minded to to accepting like, Hey, this really kind of like this one thing, just bring one thing up really made me feel this way. And I kind of still carry that with me. Do you think they would shut that conversation down? Yeah, they definitely would. And, and I almost feel bad. Like if they were to ever listen to this, they'd probably feel so sad hearing this, but I also hope it would be a little bit eye opening for them. Like I don't, and this is where part of my, like, I, I almost hate calling it trauma. Cause I'm also like, there's people that have had worse than me. Like, it's not like, this is nothing, but it's also all relative, which I, you know what I mean? Like, it's also, it's really hard for me to say that it was trauma. Cause like, it was all emotional. Like they always like gave me hugs and like loved me physically and stuff. Like, so I feel bad and like kind of guilty calling it trauma. Cause like, I feel like I had it pretty good compared to a lot of people. Yeah. Um, but again, it's, it's, it's all relative, but I, I don't, I, I really need to say, I need to say before you say anything else, your trauma is trauma. And that is so important to acknowledge because it is all relative, but I would never want you to push down or degrade what you've been through and, and not put what it is, what it is. It trauma is trauma. I mean, I, 
I've had a great relationship with my family and my parents and I, like I've just been uncovering things that have kind of messed me up and I have to unlearn things from my parents, but I absolutely love them, but that's still trauma. And it's, it's things that we have to work through, even if it wasn't the worst thing in the world, you're, you're still feeling these things and you're, you're going to therapy to learn about yourself and uncover things and, and redirect your mindset. And I think that's a big thing to acknowledge. Well, I appreciate that. Um, we're the second person who has ever told me that the first one being rain. (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah, but I just, I just don't think that they would understand. And they're very, um, they're very focused on finances and like being Mm -hmm. financially secure, which I get. My dad grew up super poor. Um, He grew up in a very unstable household. And so he really is a, like a true success story. Like he went to law school, then he started his own law firm, then he ended up starting his own business that he ended up selling. And he worked, he's an incredibly hard worker. He barely drank because his dad was an alcoholic. Like he barely drank. He was always very present. So I do feel lucky in the sense that I had a very present, I had two very present parents, Mm -hmm. but they were like too present. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah. And so I think, so going back to what I was, the reason I said that though, is like, yeah, mentally it might've been tough, but in their eyes, they were like, well, we financially supported you. We gave you everything you ever needed. We put you through private school. Like we helped put you through college, which I'm so, I'm forever grateful for, but that's something that they continuously hold over my head also. Mm-hmm. And they might not see it that way, but it's a fact, like it's a fact. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that's definitely tough. Like I didn't get to study what I wanted to study because I was basically told like, that's not a real major. Like that's anything that was remotely artistic. They just figured like art, everything artistic is art history and you're never going to make money doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I really wanted to study design, which obviously now is like booming and I fucking wish I would have just stood my ground. And I'm very fortunate that I'm doing what I do now. Like everything happens for a reason, but um that's why like bringing it up to them they would just hold the financial aspect of it over my head which at least I think they would but then that's like I'm second guessing like what if they wouldn't though that's not fair for me to think that they might not but yeah you know it's I just question everything that ever happens yeah. yeah well and then when it when it comes to that you know you not being on social media as much staying more present do you find yourself thinking those things and being like, okay, I need to redirect myself to being, I am where I am now. The past is in the past. You can't change anything. You can't change what people think. How do you kind of recenter yourself to be in the now? I, so in the last five to six years, I would say I've gone through a really intense growth, like self-growth period, which is really cool for me to look back on. Um, I, so in terms of like ignoring the bullshit, basically, I, I kind of started ignoring the family bullshit once I got to more to college. Mm-hmm. Um, but I still had a really big issue with like self-esteem I still was like self-harming the first two years of college which is really tough like I just was not in a good place mentally still um the depression and anxiety had kind of like 
manifested into my first eating disorder, which I'm super open about on my page now. Um, but sometimes it would get so bad that I did still self-harm. And then I ended up getting into this relationship my senior year in college, which in the beginning was so fun. Like I had a crush on this guy for a long time. And then we finally started dating and then it ended up just being this incredibly toxic thing that just we broke up but it just dragged on for like a year or two afterwards mm -hmm. started dating another one of my he started dating another one of my friends all my other friends stopped talking to me because they thought I would like react badly and it just like I lost a lot I didn't lose a lot of friendships but they're a much more superficial level now mm -hmm. um and I based a lot of my self-worth on like what I thought other people thought of me um and so I was like trying to get as thin as I possibly could because I thought like well if I'm thin then like I can like dress better and people will like me because I look good um and that just like is not true and I almost feel bad because none of my friends give a shit about that and I feel bad and like guilty that I at that moment in time like I thought that they cared about it when in reality they didn't give a shit about that um and then I just started separating myself more from that college relationship, which took me, I hate to admit this, and I hope this guy, like, we're kind of friends now, like, I hope he never sees this, because I hate to admit this, but, like, it took me years to get over that. Yeah. Um, and I found fitness, and I started working out, and I found, like, I think Whitney Simmons, Natasha Ocean, and, like, OGs. Grace Fit UK, who I actually have a problem with. She literally tried to sue me two years ago. <laughs> me and like a few other girls that work for her company as affiliates. Yeah, that did not go over well. Uh, oh my God. Okay. I, we'll take that one offline. I need to know more about that. But that's yeah, offline. We'll take that <laughs> offline. Um, but I found these women. I was like, oh my God, they're, they're lifting. They look incredible. And look how much food they're fucking eating. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I started watching their YouTubes and I just got really into it. And then I started finding my self-worth and like how I viewed myself, how I felt mentally, how I felt physically, like what was I doing day to day to make me happy? I met some new friends outside of college. Um, I just want to give a shout out to my friend Kelly. Like she is my roommate in DC. Like she had a huge impact on my life. I've never actually talked to her about this, but she's had a huge impact on my life. And just in terms of like, fuck what other people say, you do you, like do what makes you happy. And I ended up living with her for a year and a half in DC. And it's the most fun I've ever had. Like I had a blast with her. We went to Europe together. Like we went to concerts every week, so good. <laughs> But she really helped me find my self-worth and I was still struggling with, um, I mean, I guess looking back on it, it was definitely anorexia at the time. I was definitely like struggling with that still, but I was starting to like figure out that there's life beyond like control issues basically. Mm -hmm. And I started to be able to let go a little more, a little more, a little more. And then I got really to fitness again. And then I ended up meeting my current boyfriend we've been dating for almost four years now and he was just such a gem he was like kelly 2.0 in terms of helping me just he didn't give it like he cared about me but he didn't give a shit what i did if i was like i'm going out with my friends on friday he's like go have fun girl like 
don't wait up. Like I, it was never like, well, why the fuck are you out with other people? Like, what are you, you know, it's like nothing like that. It was healthy. It was healthy. And I actually met, so I actually met him before we worked together for a little while. I ended up getting fired from that job. So I'm not made out for finance, but um, (laughs) he sold that company. So I met him before we started dating. Um, But when we started dating, it was just this like flip that switch, switch that, you know, whatever. But he is just like, I mean, I, I feel like I've grown on my own. So I'm not, I'm not like, saying it's because of him but he definitely helped me like get to where I want to be he's always encouraged me to like oh get stronger like you know if you have to eat oh like eat more he's always like did you eat enough protein today Chloe like (laughs) it's so he's just so great and so it's come full circle like I was in this really toxic relationship in college that really stuck with me for a while like much longer than I wish it had and ironically that dude lives like three blocks away from us and it's like in San Francisco and it's like friends with all of our friends and I do everything I can to like just do you ever run into him oh I mean we're friendly like it's fine I was like at brunch with him and my boyfriend a few months ago like it's fine but um I think I've just had a little bit of clarity lately about like who and what in my life deserve to take up space in my head Mm -hmm. and like Mm -hmm. sure he's a great dude like you know do your thing I hope you have a like I hope you're happy but I don't think about that at all anymore it spiraled into some other events that have made me who I am now and I'm really thankful for that like I'm really thankful for that relationship yeah um And I think that's really powerful to say, because I, a lot of times people can take relationships and say like, they fucked me up and then kind of just bring out all the negatives, which like in the moment after the breakup, during the hardships of getting over it, like potentially you could have thought that fucked me up. I've been there. I literally have experienced that this year and it's is, but then I, I kind of take it where I thought that the first time. And I'm like, if I continue to think that way, what, what is that going to teach me? It's just going to bring build resentment. So I yeah. totally flipped the switch and was like, okay, what did I learn from this? And how can I take that learning? And how can I evolve myself? And how can I grow into being who I want to be from this relationship? I love that. And the fact that that happened for you so quickly is really impressive, honestly. And it's really important. Like it shows how strong you are. So kudos to you because it took me like several I mean not that I it took me several years to get over this person but it took me several years to come to terms with like the positive outcomes that actually happened from mm-hmm. the horrible times that I had <laughs> yeah yeah um, and how long did you date this person it wasn't very long it was like a year but did then it? like we hooked up for a while afterwards yeah. and I ended up moving to the city that he was from and it was just like it was, I, I allowed myself to drag it on longer in my mind. Like, I'm sure for him, it was a really very quickly, like I know for him, I mean, I don't know, but I'm sure for him, like he probably hasn't thought twice about this in like several years. And that's mm-hmm. totally fine. Like we're on separate journeys. Um, it did another kind of good outcome that came from that was like, I was really ready to get out there and just like explore and really like I don't I never liked dating but just seeing who was out there for me um 
I'm bi and I was not open about that in college. And I finally, one of the like turning points post that breakup a few years later, but was like, I don't give a shit anymore. Like, I'm going to try to figure out what makes me happy. And I've, I've known since I was like, I don't know what the word for being bisexual was, but I knew since I was like 12 that I was, Mm -hmm. but I didn't understand it was like a real thing. And so I started like dating women too. And it was just like this, my mid twenties were just this eye opening, like series of experiences in DC. I had such a wonderful time. I had very supportive friends. Um, And so again, like I'm really thankful because it just helped me kind of like, it almost like pushed me to just figure out what's going to make me happy. Yeah. Here I am. Yeah. I'm pretty happy in my life now. Like I feel really, really fortunate. Well, I mean, you, you look like you're glowing, whether it be on- The ring light. Yeah, it's like, you high, should I turn it down? No, no, you're literally you glowing. Like, let, let yourself glow. How do I turn this down? <laughs> um, you really set up for this podcast. I, I love did, it. I've never, I was so nervous I've never been on a podcast before. <gasps> I wanted to impress you and do well. Oh my God, I'm impressed. I wanted you have a good episode. <laughs> yeah. And now I look I, back and I like blocked it. I'm like, what did I say? Oh my God, what did I say on this podcast? <laughs> well, I want to ask one last question um, yeah, before we wrap up. I have nowhere up. to be. I have nowhere to be. Hell now. yeah. So. I have a date in an hour. So Chloe, how do you think that your experiences have truly shaped you today in your 29th year on October 12th of 21? Oh my goodness. What a loaded question. <laughs> <laughs> I know I, I was waiting up for it. Hey, we got off track and now we're back. So like, Here we are. Sweet. You're like <laughs> yeah. getting ready the whole podcast. Are you ready? I, I can pitch it to you. <laughs> no, I'll miss. I'll miss. Um, <laughs> I played softball for one month with my whole life um, and I quit. Um, okay. So you're a soccer girl, which let's kick a soccer ball around. I love soccer. Uh, I, I'll kick a ball around with you. I can't play on a team anymore. I've had 11 concussions. I'm not allowed to play contact sports anymore. Okay. That's <laughs> also something that doctors think might have contributed to like my anxiety and depression. <laughs> it's like brain injury. I see the trend. <laughs> um, so, okay. So wait, repeat the question. I'm making sure I'm answering this like correctly. Yes. <laughs> How do you think that your experiences have shaped you today? Okay. Um, I don't really give a fuck about anything anymore. And all of my experiences combined, childhood, emotional stress. I hate to use the word shitty, but like shitty ex-boyfriend who cheated on me multiple times. Multiple boyfriends actually that cheated on me multiple times. Um, Coming out and just kind of like owning who I am. And instead of living for other people's happiness and living a way that I thought other people would, would make other people happy, living for, living a life that makes me happy, makes me fulfilled. Like, I think all of that combined is what kind of makes me, me. Like, I think a huge indicator of that is the fact that I am able to like post on social media, on a public page and like not give a fuck. Like I posted for lounge underwear, like a, just like literally brawn underwear on my own bed with a tripod. Okay. Like I would okay. not have ever dreamed of doing that like a few years prior for multiple reasons. One, just like self-confidence in general. I'd be like, what do people think of me? Like, and that thought does sometimes come through my head. Like, oh my God, are my friends going to make fun of me for this? And then I'm like, if they're going to make fun of me 
for that. Like, they're not my friend. Fuck you. Yeah. And then also the body confidence thing is a really big thing. I struggled with body image issues for so long. And now that I'm at a point in my life where I'm like, I'm trying to actually gain weight and like get bigger. <laughs> like if you know who Steph Claire Smith is, like that is like my ultimate goal. Mm-hmm. She's this Australian fitness, just like person. And she just like really paved the way for like healthy body image in my opinion. Um, so that's, I think, just like not giving a fuck whatever people think, but having to go through all that shit to not give a fuck. Yes. So I'd like to thank all the haters. I'd like to thank all of my exes. <laughs> I'd love to thank Rain. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I love the shit out of you. And you also are a big part of why I got to do what I love. I love that. And it's so important to have people in your lives who cause stress, traumas, but also the people that you find that you attract, that you truly need in your life to you said it earlier to not only push you to be better, but to allow you to grow on your own. I think that was something that really stood out to me is like, you know, he, Rain has helped you grow together. But he absolutely has pushed you to do your own self-work. And I feel like a lot of things come in where people are like, you can't grow. You can't work on yourself when you're in a relationship. So not true. You can truly do your own thing, come together as a unit, as a partnership, grow together, grow separately, find out like, Hey, let's talk about it and, and get deeper. And I feel like there's been a really common theme on the podcast the past few episodes, but truly allowing for someone to give you the space to allow you to feel her, to allow you to share your emotions and cry whenever the fuck you want, because that's when you want to release your, your emotions. Yeah, I absolutely agree. I have to say like one, not to give like a shout out, but shout out. I have not mentioned the name of my absolute like best friend in the world. She has been my best friend since during that shitty relationship. Like she lives in San Francisco now, Anna, like I'm obsessed with you. I love you. I'm so thankful for our friendship. I don't think she'll ever listen to this, but I do just like for my conscience, like I conscience, I want to like <laughs> give her a little shout out because that bitch has been my longest friend. And I feel very thankful that I get to like surround myself with people like her. So yeah, what a girl. <laughs> well, Chloe, this has been so much fun getting to know you and for you to open up like this on this platform you are brave. You are bold. I am so excited to share your story. I don't feel brave. I just feel really like I finally get to get to do this in a setting where like, I'm not like, like drunk in the corner of a bar with a girl I just met. Like, I'm, like <laughs> This is like purposeful. Like I'm not just like, You're, like listen to my traumas. I'm like, uh, tell uh, about this. I'm like, now you do me. Now you tell me yours. Like, Chloe, <laughs> are you three drinks in? What are we doing here? <laughs> no, I'm one drink in. I'm probably going to go get really fucking high after this to be super yes, honest with you. I'm so. going to do the same thing. Oh my God. All right, Chloe, that was a fucking blast. You are absolutely incredible. Dare I say you are glowing, litty fitty, whatever it may be. <laughs> I caught it this litty fitty. I heard it. I heard it. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Chloe, what's your Instagram handle so our friends can follow you who are listening to this episode? Oh God, I hate saying this out loud. <laughs> I hate saying this out loud. It's Chloe Money Fit. 
Club Money was an old college nickname one person gave me. And it just, for some reason, when I started this account, I was like, oh, let's do that one that no sure. one's told me in five years. <laughs> well, Here you've we made are. a name for yourself. You've made a name for yourself. I found you and now others can find you and connect with you on such a deeper level because of your shares here so on that note we're gonna do our sign off thank you everyone for listening peace love and goodbye thank you for having me yes thank you